Hi, welcome to another episode of It's Brewing at McEwen, a USF baseball podcast. I am John Kaplan, and with me I have co-host Matt Giardino. We are down a crucial component in this week's lineup as our usual host, Mark Giardino, is out of town on official business in Italy. But we operate under the next man up mentality here at Bruin at McEwen, and I'm confident that y'all are going to enjoy what we have in store today. First, we're going to take a closer look at the recent win at Stetson University on Tuesday night. We're going to highlight some of the key offensive performers that have uh, gone on over the past week. We're going to address some areas of improvement amongst the pitching staff. We will also take a closer look at uh, what all will be needed to make a deep run later this month come conference tourney time. And lastly, we're going to round it all off with the top 10 moments of USF baseball's 2023 season. Um, for starters, we had a pretty exciting game in DeLand uh, against Stetson. Uh, they came into the matchup uh, 27 and 17, I think ranked just outside of the RPI top 100. Um, so in the top of the first inning, uh, we made a lot of noise. Uh, we had <clears throat> six runs, uh, put up before even taking the field. Um, Eric Snow had an RBI single, uh, followed by a loud Drew Brutcher RBI double to left field gap. Um, we were able to accrue some, um, base runners for freshman Raphael, uh, Betancourt to smash and absolute no doubter three run home run to right center field which was really cool to see for him and then uh bobby bozer made sure to make some noise there at the end of the first um to give uh senior ethan brown a six run cushion um he came in and um just right away he didn't really look right um he racked up some walks and ran into a little bit of trouble. So we were able to uh, note that pretty early on. Um, and honestly, I just hope that he's okay. I haven't really heard any updates officially on uh, what's going on there, but he exited the game after I think recording um, no outs. I think, yeah, he didn't record anybody, any outs and it was just a unusual outing for him and, we just hope everything's okay with him at uh, Bruin. But uh, freshman Justin Jackson came in and definitely uh, came in in a big way. He went four and two-thirds, only gave up six hits, two earned, striking out three along the way. Um, and after that, I mean, the bullpen really slammed the door shut after that with uh, four and a third um, innings pitched, one hit. One one earned run, striking out five along the way and only walking two. Um, some key offensive performers were uh, uh, Bobby Bozer and Rafi Betancourt, both having homers on the day, and uh, Monk and Butcher both having doubles on the day. Um, you know, uh, Matt, what did you see from the Stetson game that stood out to you? Yeah, I think uh, one of the big things as you kind of went over already was – uh, having Justin Jackson come into the game and and really have a, a solid performance. And, you know, with the concerns that we have for Ethan, I think it's crucial that, you know, we start to look at some of these bullpen guys and uh, seeing how far we could stretch out their arms. Um, and, you know, being able to give Justin Jackson that opportunity where, you know, he goes four plus innings in a game 
um, you know, go along with uh, Lawson Gailey, obviously, who's been a freshman that we've stretched out throughout the season. I think, you know, as we get closer to conference tournament play, having multiple guys that can, you know, go out there and pitch 60, 70 plus uh, pitches is going to be a, a really flexible option for us. Um, you know, especially in a, in a clear water environment, you need to win four games. And, uh, you know, you're not going to do that if your starting rotation is um, is lacking in arms that can give you the distance that that's needed. So I think that, you know, looking at that game, I think it was a, a really promising uh, thing for, you know, what things can look like even when our best pitcher or one of our better pitchers isn't able to pitch to his, his best ability. So before we go on to some of the things you were going to touch on with um, the offensive performances and um, the where we can improve with the pitching, um, you brought up some good points there. And I honestly don't really want to ask this question, don't want to be in a position to ask this question, but should, you know, we be down Ethan Brown for the conference tournament, um, who is your – who who are you opening the tournament with and why? I think I'd probably go with Hunter just because he has the experience. Um, I would have him as my number one. I mean, it's a really tough, you know, position to be in, whether it's Jack or Hunter. Um, both of them have shown to really have some great outings this year. But I would say one of those two guys. But since Hunter is a, a senior, I think I would give him the the nod there. Um, but I feel pretty confident with Hunter and Jack. Um, but then, you know, when you look at the third and fourth game, if we were lucky enough to to make it that far, I feel pretty confident in in Lawson. And you know, looking at Justin Jackson, if we're if there is a fourth game out there, then um, you know, he's definitely earned his stripes uh, in in the last week or so. Yeah, how we manage the bullpen and the rotation is going to be crucial. Um, tourney time is so much fun, and uh, but it's very strategic. You know, all these teams are playing chess, so um, we got to play chess with them. And hopefully, um, hopefully, you know, whoever is our starter in game one can go deep and we can, you know, really rest our bullpen arms. Because like you said, we have a few different names that can go, you know, 30 to 50 pitches, and still be ready, you know, on a day or two rest after that. And I think we're fortunate in that regard. You know, there were some woes that we've encountered to, you know, have to encounter situations to find that out. But um, I think that we're going pretty fully loaded and knowing what we have going into the conference tournament pitching wise, which is always a good thing. Um, I think that kind of leads us into our next segment of, you know, key offensive performers and um, addressing some areas of need that we saw in the pitching staff, Matt. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things I saw this past week is uh, the fact that a lot of our younger guys are really stepping up, especially offensively. Uh, Eric Snow had an unbelievable week this week. Uh, I think he had, I believe he was 7 for 14 at the plate. Um, had some hard hit balls as well. He even hit a home run. Um, same thing with Bobby Bozer. He, uh, Bobby Bozer had a, a week where he had eight hits um, and, and 17 at bats. So 
those two guys right there, Eric Snow, Bobby Bozier, they're only freshmen and uh, sophomore. I think one thing that really excites me about seeing that is that, you know, we have a couple of dogs in, in the lineup for not only this season, but, you know, for this season's uh, next season as well. And also uh, Raphael Betancourt with his big home run yesterday. I think that there's a, a lot of really good young talent that we could build around uh, for the future and going into next season. And, you know, I, I think the experience that they'll be getting in the next few weeks, you know, with the conference play ending and heading into the conference tournament is going to be uh, really big for their growth. So I think, you know, in terms of offensive performances, the young guys are really stepping up, especially when, you know, Daniel Cantu really hasn't had, um, you know, a really strong past week. And for the younger guys to step in there, um, I know Travis has been struggling a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, seeing seeing some of those younger guys step up is is huge for us. I like everything you said there, but one thing that um, I'd like to add on to is um, Cantu's been that pillar for us all season. You know that um, night in, night out, he's going to show up and. Um, while his stat line over the last week may not scream off the paper, um, I can guarantee you every guy in the clubhouse is going to say that he showed up in 90 other ways, you know. Uh, but when, you know, when one pillar is not there, you know, it's important that another pillar is. And I would, I would say, along with the young guys that you mentioned, uh, we have to mention Drew Brutcher, you know, over that, over the last week, um, him and, uh, him and Bobby have led the team in hits both with eight apiece, you know, so um, you've got a kind of, you've got kind of a mix of, you know, freshmen and underclassmen and then like your, your, your older kind of vets on the team coming up, coming up in big spots offensively too. Um, I really want to see these bats continue to fire on all cylinders, you know, as we round up conference play and head to the conference tournament in Clearwater. I think a couple of things with, you know, a couple of the guys that are struggling right now. I found one thing pretty interesting during one of the telecasts. I believe it was the Sunday game. Um, you know, Matt Joyce actually was able to pick something up on Daniel Cantu's swing. And I thought it was pretty interesting. And, you know, just having a former Major League Baseball player, 15 years, um, being able to analyze some of our, our players and, I think, uh, you know, if Daniel goes back and, and checks that out, I think he'll, uh, you know, benefit from being able to, you know, get some of that feedback from Matt Joyce. All right, so we've talked a lot about the offense. Um, I think one thing that we need to address is the pitching this year that, you know, we have a over six and a half ERA, and, you know, that's not going to win you a lot of ball games, especially in this past week we've scored seven or more runs um, multiple times, and we were only able to come away with one victory. With that, um, you know, we've seen a trend throughout the season where, you know, in individual games, we'll have a really high, you know, walk-to-strikeout ratio where it'll be one-to-one -one or, you know, some games where we'll even walk more batters than uh, strikeout batters. So I think that, you know, there needs to be some sort of conversation that takes place with the pitching staff and, you know, that needs to be addressed and being able to 
you know, really focus on utilizing your fielders and uh, not necessarily focusing on, you know, trying to get guys to swing and miss. You know, a lot of times seems like that's the case where, you know, we're really focusing on on nailing down strikeouts where, you know, it comes up to uh, really end up hurting us. And a lot of times we're leading off the inning with a walk and those guys end up coming around to score. Um, but ultimately, I, I think that there needs to be a stronger level of of focus. And not only that, but, you know, when you have an offense the, the way that we do, where, you know, we have a guy one through nine that can hit the ball out of the park, there's a lot of opportunity to pitch in a level of comfort, um, you know, where you have a team that can provide that run support for you. Um, so I, I think a lot of that has to, you know, do with putting too much pressure on yourself. And I think a lot of the guys in this p- pitching rotation needs to to kind of relax a little bit and kind of, you know, enjoy the moment a little bit more and, and ultimately realize at the end of the day that they're playing a game of baseball. Um, but yeah, besides that, though, I, I think you know, there's been some individual pitching performances, as we mentioned, with uh, Justin Jackson, um, you know, really stepping up. He actually pitched seven innings this week, um, gave up four earned runs. But overall, you know, he's been looking really strong. And, uh, you know, I think we just need some of the more experienced leaders to step up a little bit and, and kind of look back at, you know, what, what has a, a successful Bulls pitching staff looked like in the past? And you can look at the 2021 season, which wasn't really that long ago. Some of the guys that are on this current pitching staff were part of that staff. And, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of takeaways from that season to really understand, you know, what winning baseball looks like. Yeah, no, I like all that. Um <clears throat> one one thing that I want to kind of add on to is um in in order to succeed, you know, come conference tournament time, we need to know exactly what we have going in and um not not sh- be hesitant with any of our players, you know, know exactly what they're capable of, know what situations they're going to be good in. And um, I I don't want to see players get lost in the limelight that have been producing as of late, you know, uh, quietly. And I'll I'll even say that, you know, because uh, a player that I want to highlight is Jackson Cawthorn. Um, You know, he's had three outings this season that that got away from him. Other than that, it's always been kind of controlled chaos with him. And you're going to get that because that, that change piece, I don't think that there's some days where I don't think he can even, he even knows where it's going because it's so disgusting. Um, His arsenal is really good. He's, he's a low to mid nineties velo guy. Um, I really like him a lot moving forward. Um, I think that he could be a really valuable piece uh, for our pitching rotation or just the pitching staff in general. Um, I'm, I'm not saying give him a spot start, even though if we run into game three or game four of a tournament, you may be looking at a situation where, you know, Jackson could take a, sp- a spot start. But that is absolutely not what I'm saying. But I mean, over his last four outings, 
He has given up four hits, one earned. Um, he's run into a little bit of troubles with walks, but he still has a um, a strikeout to walk ratio of four to three. Um, I, I think that he deserves to get the ball more. And if you, I've talked to him a little bit off the field just to get to know him. And if you give that man the ball against his old team, come come Memphis this uh, this coming matchup with uh, his old team against Memphis, I I, I think it's going to be something. Very entertaining to watch. Um, I think he would be lights out. Uh, but I think he's going to be pretty crucial for us in the tournament. That's I think that's one prediction that I have. Um, the, less, the rest of that list is loading. But um, I definitely like him as a gamer, and I like him in our for our pitching staff for, for this year and for the future of our program. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think, um, you know, overall when we're looking at what what it takes for you know this team to be successful come tournament time i think you know it's been a, such a hodgepodge of success and challenges for our pitching this year that you know i i think it comes down to you know there still needs to be a lot of looking at guys and you know he might be a guy that has kind of fallen off the radar a bit um but Definitely, if he gets in an expanded role in, in the near future, he, uh, you know, definitely has the stuff to really make himself stand out. Absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, and we can say that about a lot of our guys. Um, I just think um, it's time to put up or shut up, you know, and I'm, I don't think any of these guys are ready to shut up at all. And I'm, I'm still I'm 100 percent here for it and I'm excited to watch um, every single game moving forward, uh, leading us to our next segment, um, kind of builds on what we've been talking about, but, um, having take, taken some of these conference tourney runs with, uh, multiple different rosters, what are some of the key components of, you know, what's going to be needed to make a deep run, um, things that we've already hit on and things we haven't hit on yet for a deep, uh, tourney run later this month yeah i think a lot of it follows themes that you know we've discussed all season i think it's going to require someone to really step up as a vocal leader in the clubhouse um you know kind of have as previous leaders uh the 2021 team did uh with riley hogan and also uh you know we had jake sullivan that season but I think that's a crucial part of it. At the same time, you know, I, I think in any given week, we need to be able to, you know, one through nine, be hot hitting the bat, uh, hitting the ball, rather. Um, I think that, you know, it's a whole entire different breed of baseball when it comes down to tournament play. It's really a, a grinder's mentality, um, next man up. And I think that as a, as a whole entire lineup, we all need to be able to uh, produce uh, in any capacity that, you know, you can. So I think that that's uh, really important. And then at the end of the day, I think that the pitching is going to be where our team lives and dies. Um, you know, if we're able to string together uh, three or four games where, you know, we could pitch some quality baseball and especially, uh, you know, just, Overall, like the starting pitchers need to be able to 
you know, give us at least five innings. You know, even I'm not even asking for three earned runs or less. If we can get five earned runs or less uh, in those five innings, I think our offense is going to give us plenty of of production to keep us in games. Um, but I think that's kind of the, the overall view of what needs to happen in order for us to have a successful run. How about you, John? Um, I think that you hit a lot of the stuff that needs to happen in between the lines. Um, but I want to touch on uh, one thing that Coach Mole incorporates with the uh, Hulk smash leukemia and how they all uh, um, how like on Sunday, how they all, you know, have the tradition of shaving their heads to, you know, kind of shed light on a uh, personal topic for him. Um, I think that with our squad, you always see like the camaraderie meter go through the roof you know, from this part of the season on, you know, there, and we talked about, you know, kind of rallying and playing for, for something, you know, I feel like this kind of gives them yet another thing to play for because you're playing, when you play for something like greater than yourself, I think that, you know, great things tend to happen. And I think that off the field, we need to, um, continue to just bond and get closer as a team, you know, and then, and that's what we're kind of seeing on social media and the why not us movement. Um, I'm, I'm seeing zero, uh, like there's zero doubt in the minds of these players on what they're able to do and what their capabilities are. Um, and that, and here at Bruin, we echo that confidence, obviously. Um, but, I think that that's crucial as well because when come come round one of the conference tournament, there can't be any animosity in the clubhouse. These guys have to trust each other 110%. The coaching staff has to trust the players. Players have to trust the coaching staff and um, they have to go in there as one unit. And um, I think that what coach mold does every year, really helps bring the team closer together. And I applaud that because it's uh, it's a topic that hits close to home for myself personally as well. And I think that um, we're going to see this team closer than ever moving forward. Also too, uh, with our, all of our head shaven, we're one to know. So we're off to yeah. a really start to <laughs> in, in that capacity. <laughs> so uh, I, I think also, um, you know, one thing we could do, too, with the team that we have now is, you know, kind of dig from that experience. You know, we still have six guys from that team that have been there before that have won the conference tournament. Um, so I, I think that, you know, those guys that are, you know, seniors and juniors, they need to be able to kind of share those experiences with all their teammates and, kind of uh, get them fired up to win a conference tournament. Absolutely. Um, so that kind of leads us into our last segment. Um, we wanted to continue with some more of the positivity, highlighting the positives for um, this squad, because, I mean, there were some really cool moments that transpired over the 2023 season. Um, but we were able to talk to some fans and also amongst ourselves. And um, we came up with 
our list of the top 10 moments of USF uh, baseball's 2023 season. Um, number one, uh, we have the ninth inning magic versus uh, UF Gators on the road uh, to erase a five run deficit on February the 9th. This was one day after um, losing a pretty close game to them at home. Um Drew Butcher came up big with a solo shot in the top of the ninth to close the gap from eight to three to eight to four. Uh, Jackson Mayo had a towering three-run homer. Um, Daniel Cantu had an RBI triple. And then um, we had Chandler Dorsey with the close there, which was a big spot for him as well. So uh, that comes in at number one. At number two, we have uh, John Montez's walk-off magic at uh, versus Army. In the Friday night game on March seventeenth, um, that that picture on the on the the home run trot for Montez is pretty iconic. Um, and Cantu also came up big in that game with four RBIs late in the game. He had a uh, RBI double and a RBI home run. Um, next, we have Boogie's performance um, on the road against UCF where he went seven and a third um, to the tune of 12 uh, strikeouts and one walk of shutout baseball against the Citronauts over there in Oviedo. Um, next, we came up with uh, Nolan Hootie earning Pitcher of the Week honors after his performance against Pittsburgh University at home in a midweek game. He had six innings pitched to the tune of five hits, one earned, 10 strikeouts and one walk uh, on March the 7th. Um, number five, we had Jack Siebert salvaging the road series against Long Beach State. Um, weather kind of delayed the start of that one, so we had to do a doubleheader on Saturday. So we came into the Sunday matchup with uh, an 0-2 deficit, and Siebert kind of slammed the door and was able to salvage it with a performance of seven innings pitched, one earned run, three strikeouts, and one walk. Uh, next, we have Eric Snow um, with back-to-back games uh, where he had a grand slam against Northeastern University on March 4th and March 5th. That was a pretty cool moment for him. Um, and starting after that is when we really started to see him, you know, become the Eric Snow we now know, uh, freak of nature. Um, Riley Skeen at number seven. Uh, slamming the door closed in Oviedo to a tune of 2.2 innings pitch, 4Ks, zero walks, and uh, got the close on both nights, Friday and Saturday, to clinch the series win before even taking the field for this matchup. So that was pretty cool. Uh, at number eight, we've got Drew Brutcher with a ground-shaking two-run home run um, in that same series against UCF, uh, which ended up being – the difference maker in a three to two win against the Knights to capture the series. Um, next we have Eric Snow's ESPN top 10 play against Pittsburgh university. Um, he had a leaping grab to snag a screaming line drive headed straight towards the right field gap um, in a game that ended two to one uh, with a great pitching performance from Nolan Hootie. Uh, that play definitely made the difference and it was a really, really exciting play. And at number 10, we wanted to leave it up to some of the listeners because um, surely we missed something uh, and we would love to hear what y'all thought uh, could end up on the or should be on the top 10 moments of USF baseball's 2023 season.
So now that we have taken a look at the top 10 moments of USF baseball's 2023 season, we are going to take a brief look ahead at what at the next two matchups for USF baseball before they come home for the last series of the season against Eastern Carolina. Um, first, we go on the road against Memphis, who is currently 5-10 and 10 in conference and 23-22 and 22 overall. Uh, we do not have a midweek game to follow that. And then we go back on the road against Wichita State, who's having a little bit better of a season. Uh, they are 10 and 5 in conference and 27 and 17 overall. Um, we've kind of covered, you know, what's needed to make a conference tourney run. I would say that that pretty much covers what's needed to uh, experience success and continued success against our last three conference opponents. Um, Matt, do you have any, you know, last messages for our listeners? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, if we're going to get hot, it really starts with this upcoming road trip. And uh, ideally, you know, I I think if we can capture at least three or four of those games, it kind of sets us up for, a, a you know, a very exciting weekend with ECU, who is, you know, considered to be a preseason favorite and in contention for the regular season title uh, yet again. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to seeing the Bulls being competitive and uh, really getting off to the, to the you know, right path as we're heading into conference tournament play. Yeah, I won't mention any names, but there was a player that said, don't be surprised when – uh, USF baseball messes around and sweeps Eastern Carolina to uh, in the season. And um, that kind of speaks to the energy that um, we're seeing off the field. You know, these guys are getting closer as a team, as a unit, and I think it's going to start to show. Um, I'll be the last one on that hill. I don't care, but I'm dying on it. I think we're going to show up and then we're going to show up in a big way um, to round off a fun and erratic 2023 season. Um, But I think that does it for us this week. Uh, Thank you to everybody who's listening at home um, and good luck to USF baseball this weekend on the road against Memphis. We will be watching Uh, horns up as always, and hope you all have a great rest of your week. Go Wolves.